in front of a live studio audience, it's the Dice Breaker Podcast with your host, Alex Meehan. Hello everyone, this is the Dice Breaker Podcast. <laughs> I don't know who that was, it was like a ghost. It was gone. I really like, I really like the Alex Meehan bit at the end, because <laughs> it's just, oh, it's a bit different today. It's a the ghost knows it. Well, because, you know, usually um, Mr. Matt Jarvis, editor-in-chief, is in this particular uh, metaphorical chair, but um, he is not able to host this week. So I don't know. He's stuck in. <laughs> yeah, stuck, he's stuck in a room. They won't he's let stuck. him out. Um, <laughs> he's just no. stuck. You don't need any more context other than that. He's just stuck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He'll find his way out. Don't worry. Um, no, I have stepped up to the plate as uh, this week's podcast host. For the Dicebreaker podcast, which you're watching right now. Hello, everyone. As God said, <laughs> this is filmed onto a, to a sort of live studio audience every Friday, 2 p.m. BST. Um, yeah, and I'm going to introduce our other wonderful guests that we have here today. Uh, hello, Liv Kennedy. Oh, hello. Hi, Alex. How are you? <laughs> All right, it's all right. Thank you so much for having me. I've always wanted to be in this very seat, so thank you. Yeah, your enthusiasm is almost too much. Thank you so bear. much. Thank you. I um, look. If I don't laugh, I'll cry, and if I don't do anything, I'll not do anything. So it's fine. Yeah. Who's this I, with us? I today enjoy well? your. I enjoy your politeness. Um, we have all the way from the U.S. <gasps> it's Chase Carter, our yeah. contributor. Howdy, thanks for having me. Yeah, he's here. We've we've lured him back in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we put a little bit of cheese in the door, in the doorway. Yeah, just the pecan, pecan pralines and barbecue, yeah. and that's how you get a southern boy in the room. Yeah, that's, that's mm, how you nice. get a southern boy. <laughs> so you put that underneath the giant box with a stick, yeah. and then you just pull it mm -hmm. out. Yeah, and then you pull Time. the stick out, box yeah. goes down. They don't know what to do. They don't. Uh, and we're back. I nothing happened. Um, yeah, nothing it. happened. No, God, no. God, sort it out. Don't worry. <laughs> We're all back. Um, thank you for holding on. Technical difficulties. The the podcast. I just feel like it just needs it. Like it wouldn't be the same without it. Sure. Um, look, nobody uh, seems to be, um, you know, taking up my advice. Of, we replace the podcast every week with, like, you know, a segment just from each member of Dicebreaker. Like, it could be me doing slam poetry or, like, Maddie talking about Twilight. Uh, and then, like, yeah, and then there's only one feed. So it makes it so much easier. So, yeah, yeah. no, it, that would definitely be an interesting experimentation that we could do. Uh, it feels I would be I wouldn't be surprised if people started accusing us of deliberately having technical problems just because they it's expected now. It's part of our MO. It's not fun. We don't have fun when we do it. We're all very stressed by it. <laughs> <laughs> So stressed. No. Um. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh. I don't know what people missed out, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going. Me. Okay. Yeah. Um. Mm. Liv, tell us about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So I'm playing a bunch of different uh, games. Um. While Beyond the Witchlight was one that we did yesterday. Um. Mm -hmm. So. Um. So some spoilers for While Beyond the Witchlight because we're kind of towards the end, I think. Uh. Because it's quite a short little adventure actually. It only takes you up to like level seven. Um. 
but um but yeah so the um the characters are the party are in a palace where they're trying to save someone um who i will not name um but basically uh <laughs> i'm just Secrets. trying to think spoilers. i know so many spoilers um who i'm trying not to name but yeah basically uh she and her and the people within the palace are in danger originally in the book it was like oh that everything is like stopped it's like frozen in time and you have to go through and figure out what's going on mm. but my dm was like my dm daisy who's phenomenal was like no that's not as fun as the idea i have and so she made it so it was an eternal time loop so every 10 minutes you have to go back and like start again and like figure things out and you can like interact with people and you have to convince them that they're in a time loop and like stuff like that and it's super fun and she's very creative and has done super well um that sounds yeah. really cool it's mm -hmm. like yeah. drawers marked but uh, yeah Dungeons and Dragons game. yeah that's that's it yeah is there a big moon coming down to crush you all or not um i would not be playing it if there was uh, but oh, just no. just i just hate the majora's mask moon face that's the thing oh no yeah. not a fan of that what about four one. giant orange naked men who hold up the moon um <laughs> that no having reflected on it no you have to not, think about it though uh, yeah like um, <laughs> they're like, doing great work like, like you yeah. gotta commend them they're holding yeah. that moon up give it up to the naked yeah. orange man <laughs> Shout out to the naked orange man guy. I just want that bumper sticker. This one's for y'all. <laughs> Pull one out. Um <laughs> Pull one out. <laughs> what else have you been playing, Liv? Um also another D D uh game I play on Saturdays. Um it's with my flirty annoying bard rogue. Um, so that's fun. Always fun to play. That's your character, not like an actual person. No, that's my character, yeah. Uh, if she was an actual person, I, I don't think we'd be friends. She's just too much. Um, yeah, just too much all the time. Um, anyway, so what did we do? My uh, our little So one of the characters is playing like a little lizard called like a, a Gek? Oh, is it called Gek? Yeah. Is it Gex? I think it's a Gek. It might Secret be a whole thing. Secret I can't remember. Agent Gex. Secret Agent Gex, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's back. Finally, sure. we've been waiting all this time. He's back in your D D game. Only yeah. real ones know about N64 legend. Yeah, <laughs> secret agent. I am a fake one. I am a fake one. <laughs> no, I I get I think I've heard of them. They're like the lizard the guys. Little, lizard, little guys. Yeah. Oh. And she's super stinky and fun and stealthy <laughs> and, and she's great. Um Basically, um, there was this group of werewolves and they went up to the character that my uh, partner Chloe is playing and they were like, hey, did you hey, if you want to do something cool, you can go up to this big, massive werewolf thing and you can like get some of its blood for us. And they were like, oh, you want me to do that? And they were like, yeah. And so they were like, oh, OK, I, I guess I'll go do that. And then we all saw them walking past to do this thing and we were like, oh, honey, what do you think you all are doing? No, did they, did they tell you to do this? We'll get them. We'll, and then we just oh like, we were, oh, we were about to fight the werewolves. I'm imagining this group of werewolf dude bros, pretty much, like yeah. came up to this this character, <laughs> like, yeah. hey, can very casually, do you know what's good to do? 
<laughs> okay, so the full story is that um, basically uh, the character, uh, they're also a little bard, uh, and they did vicious mockery, like, oh, your hair looks awful. And then the oh, DM wow. was like, oh, actually, I'm making it so they have out of their werewolf form, they have like a problem with their hair falling out. And then they were, and, oh, no. yeah. And and we were like, why would you do that? That's, that's why would you do that? And now uh, my, my partner's character is just like, consumed with guilt obviously also they agreed to do this because they felt bad about yeah. saying the hair thing exactly uh, yeah i thought maybe they were just like very perceptible or very perceptible to uh, uh peer pressure like the yeah, slightest bit of peer pressure and they're like okay Honestly, honestly like their character is the sweetest of a bad bunch of reprobates so yeah they are probably are the most susceptible to peer pressure yeah but as yeah. soon as your mm. other characters found out about this they were like we're we gonna absolutely gonna slam fight. dunk these losers yeah but then my friend fuzzy's character um moss who's the little geck basically ran up did snuck sneaked and so um she has like a plus we got nine that. or something to herself she cast pass without trace on herself so she gets oh, an extra wow. plus 10 on top of that she snuck up she had advantage on her attack and so she got a natural 20 to hit it oh um, my god which is the only way the dm said they would have been able to get through the rough hide of this werewolf monster and then they proved she just proved herself and she came back with the blood like hey you shouldn't have sent my friend to go up and do that i'll i'll mess you up mate because that's how she speaks um, oh okay yeah. <laughs> that's not you embellishing that that's exactly how they speak that's how she speaks yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like um <laughs> oh my god like um the, you know flushed away <laughs> The snails? Oh you thinking of snails? No, what? I'm thinking of Kate Winslet's character. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, rat, it's Kate lady. Winslet. Uh, my friend Fuzzy, aka Kate Winslet, yeah, is uh, yeah <laughs> playing the game with us. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I yeah. love how Chase was like, oh, "Hang on." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna let y'all go. That's fine. Y'all are y'all have this handled. Don't <laughs> you flush away? Oh, Chase, you gotta see flushed away. Oh, British classic. <laughs> I feel like I've seen clips of flushed away. Is this? Is this, this a movie is about a... rats in the sewer? Yeah, yeah. of course Godwin. it is. Yeah, British classic about rats in the sewer. Starring you calling it a are. classic makes yeah. me really upset. <laughs> I know, classic. It's made by Ardman Studios, who like did you know like genuine classics like Wallace and Gromit and Chicken um, Run that we were talking about the other day coming up, and I'm happy about it. Yeah. But... But uh, flushed away, they made with like CGI and everything. They didn't even, they they didn't even do like stop motion with it. Isn't it notoriously is, like... really really bad? <sighs> Probably. It, yeah. I mean, lips. People would taste, but I wouldn't know. So like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watched it. The only this is going to be fun. The only way I watched it vaguely was several years ago when I was working. <laughs> it was being attacked on the film by a fly. Um, when I was working, the spirit of Kate Winslet's coming at you. Yeah, it's coming at you. (laughs) When I was working at a canteen for an Amazon warehouse for like a summer job, and it was like Christmas, and literally no one was in the canteen. It was just me, and I was like cleaning up. 
and then on the television there was flushed away but there was no sound and because like i had nothing else to do i literally watched the whole of flushed away <laughs> were there subtitles yeah i don't know why they will like panties and stuff will just have films on with like no sound whatsoever it's so annoying. i had to interpret what was happening like just by watching it wins the little rat mouth like all right like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> read Isn't he voiced by like a pretty big celebrity who the rat, Can... the rat guy yeah hugh grant as i said yeah is it really hugh grant, hugh grant wow. isn't it? okay yeah. i only know kate winslet because there was like this it's tiny Michael. little no because there was a trailer but we had a copy of chicken run on like kate or it was it was Chicken Run or Curse the Wearer, one of them, mm. and um, there was a trailer for Flushed Away on it, yeah. and the bit that is cemented it. into my mind forever is Kate Win and it's like and Kate Win you know the voice that's like and Kate Winslet, uh, and then she just says hello, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 a British that's the only bit of dialogue I know. Up there with such classics as Notting Hill and yeah. Carry On Henry. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why Carry On? Me loves a Carry On. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've yeah. seen that one. Oh wow! Um, when you haven't seen it, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So <laughs> not seen every single one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Is there anything else you want to talk about playing? Um, oh, it's huge! It's huge Jackman, not Hugh Grant. Oh, the same guy. <laughs> same guy. Liar! Yeah. I don't think that's true. Hang on. I don't know. I okay. think it might. Oh, she's looking. <laughs> oh my god! What? Oh, it's crazy. Have you been living a lie? Yeah, we're living a lie. <laughs> He's not even in it. What? No, he's uh, you Jackman. What? He doesn't even play Le Frog. Le Frog. <laughs> Does he play Le Frog? No. Who's Le Frog? Oh, we're getting pulled into flushed away law now. <laughs> I away law, yeah. Le uh, Frog is one of the one of the gang. Um, one of the gang. <laughs> sort of gang. Um, uh, yeah. What are you saying? Anything else? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's mostly it. Uh, I'm trying to think if anything else happened in that Saturday game because I, I remember it being quite a good one. Hmm. Uh... No, pretty much that no, was it. Okay. Now I'm right. just imagining us legitimately doing like a flushed away RPG where you play as like sewer animals, like, and you just hang around. And there are some other guys. This sounds compelling. Wow. Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> Please sign me up. This is this is a killer pitch, Alex. Chase, you get to do an English accent. No one wants that. Everyone nobody, wants no, that. Nobody asked for that ever. <laughs> Everyone definitely yeah. wants that. Absolutely. There is legitimately nothing better than a, a, an American person doing a British accent when they're I bad would at do. it. I will do a mini flushed away RPG for you right now on this podcast. Oh no, we're completely derailing the podcast. I cannot believe you raised the. <laughs> that 
any given point, I will make an RPG out of anything you throw at me. <laughs> like, Chase is like, oh, I'm just going to come and do the podcast, you know, the usual thing. It's be great. Yeah. And then really, Liv and I were like, right, we're going to stage, we're going to set this up. So it's completely so natural. Organic. I have been organic. awake for all of two hours at this point, And y'all are like, are you ready <laughs> to role play this British movie I've only seen YouTube clips of yes. seven years ago? And you have to affect a British accent. Okay, yeah. are you ready? You can play as a rat, a uh -huh. mouse, a frog, a slug, a slug, um, <laughs> or um, a little raccoon. Or just any small a little raccoon. A little raccoon. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if the raccoons count. I like the I, I look. They I'm really the RPG. I the think UK. that they can get a little raccoon in the sewer. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We can always say it, it's a rat that looks like a raccoon. No, it's a raccoon, man. <laughs> yeah, he's an adoptive raccoon, right? He was found as a yeah. baby, and he he acts like a rat because he was yeah. raised around a bunch of other rat brothers yeah. and sisters. Okay, this is your character. You've just made your character. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're a raccoon who thinks that it's a rat, but it's actually a raccoon. You just think yeah. he's a really large one. Mm -hmm. Um, like in that video game, <laughs> Spyro New Beginning. <laughs> are you tangenting our tangent? I can't Alex, you this. can't do Did this. You? I'm going <laughs> off the rails. Matt Jarvis isn't here. <laughs> yeah, I want. know, but we're already derailing. We're already off the rails. I'm, I'm definitely a slug. We we're know that I'm a slug. This. There's, like we're gonna go so off the rails, we'll come back around and get back on the rails. It's on our own. Rails. At this point, it's our only hope. We just <laughs> have to lean in. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely a slug. You know, cool. slug. All right. Yeah, Wonderful. I'm a slug who runs her own <laughs> bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. What are your characters' names? <laughs> <laughs> uh. My my raccoon's name is Small Jackman. Small Jackman. Small okay. Jackman. Son of Hugh Jackman. Son of Hugh Jackman. Okay. Yeah. okay. My character's name is Mrs. Squelch. Mrs. <laughs> Squelch. Okay. Right. Amazing. Um, <laughs> we can't do this, Liv. Okay. Exterior. Mrs. Squelch's bar. Night. Oh, oh, it's a screenplay. Wow. We're we're gonna we're gonna option this, huh? Yeah. Uh Mrs. Squelch's bar night. Um, Small Jackman, <laughs> you arrive to visit your friend, Mrs. Squelch. <laughs> she emerges from the bar. Chase, you've got to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to do the the worst accent, but you'll just immediately kill this. Just like... Uh, yeah, let's, let's see. How back in. Uh, Mr. Squelch, a glass of your finest sludge, please. Thank you very much. I got quite a thirst, and I love uh, just your, just a big old glass of your sludge, please. Oh my God. Mrs. Squelch, what do you say to this? <laughs> Mrs. Squelch. Mrs. Squelch can't come to the phone right now. All right. Because um, he's dead. Yeah. Mrs. Squelch, before you could answer Small Jackman, you were overcome with a feeling that you've never felt before. All of a sudden, you are ravenous, you are hungry. There's nothing in front of you to eat, except for Mrs. Squelch. You can do nothing but consume Mrs. Squelch in front of you. Mrs. Squelch is dead. Oh my again. god. 
She didn't even get a <laughs> This This keeps happening. Well, <laughs> maybe the next sewer, Small Jackman will find a home. Yeah, oh, maybe. wow. <laughs> that was a tragic <laughs> but moving beast. I love, yeah. like, a Alex Simpkins says this podcast has turned into a pitch for a flush toy sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what happens, right, when Matt Jarvis is oh, here to control us. When he because... gets out from underneath that cardboard box, he's yeah, going to be so angry. Like <laughs> because what happens in... is, we just try and, like, turn the podcast into our, our own very specific idea of what we want to do, which is, uh -huh. for example, doing just talk, doing a Twilight podcast, and now it's a podcast we imagined, a flushed away sequel. Um yep. Yeah, yeah, so that's everything. If anyone <laughs> wants us to continue the flushed away RPG, you just let us know in a comment <laughs> and I will draft up a um an RPG for you. Okay, yeah, we yeah. will legitimately do if people want us to do it, we will legitimately do a flushed away RPG. Can roll for gunk, roll for gunk, roll for gunk, roll for spunk. Brackets British. <laughs> I won't. I refuse you know, to like, Spunk stat zero. Not included in the RPG. It's not included. The train's coming back. One second. Yeah, that's. Convenient. Yeah, Lib's got her door open. There's a train going by. Um, this is chaos. Uh, that's everything Lib's played. Let's go to Chase. Chase, what you've been playing? All right, let me salvage this. <laughs> Salvage nothing, Chase. This has been a great, great. Podcast. Yeah, I don't know about you. The audience are loving it. Loving it. Listen, they don't know what they want. They just show up here to be fed and we give them trash. <laughs> Roll for trash. Also a part of the flushed away sequel mm -hmm. RPG. Yeah. yeah. Flush hey. flushed away sequel RPG. That's what we'll call it. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they won't come after us with copyright. Yeah, yeah. flush the way the sequel is called Oops, Overflowing. Uh, <laughs> uh flush the way colon floaters. Yes. Colon <laughs> colon floaters. <laughs> Chase, do I mean Um, all right. So <laughs> uh, I'm having to reach back a couple weeks here because uh it's I've been traveling, uh, and Ooh. yeah, well, yeah. Um, it was a whole uh, North Carolina. Ooh. Oh, that's a place in the USA. That's yes. right. That is absolutely correct. Gold star for me, and I know. Thank you. <laughs> Two more uh, of those, and I get a pair of shoes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you can trade those in for uh, a, a red or gold pen. Yeah, just get a little gel pen. Shoes for the love of God. Two K twenty two. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Chase. God. Okay. Yeah. So I'm reaching back a couple weeks. Uh, but I played some Simbaroom Fifth Edition, actually, the Fifth Edition uh, version of uh Simbaroom, which is called Ruins of Simbaroom. I have a piece on the website with my impressions of it that you can read. But it's essentially like Free Leagues, one of Free Leagues, um, RPGs, Simbaroom, which is uh, uh, like all based around like going into this forest and uh like exploring it's dangerous it's all about like sort of like really dangerous delves and trying to pull out treasure without getting too corrupted in the in the process mm -hmm. um but last year they had a a good big uh kickstarter to bring it over to fifth edition and that set came out and i played it with some friends just to check it out and it's pretty good like mm -hmm. i'm normally not someone who plays a lot of like fifth edition adaptations 
I'm kind of of the, the real snobby, like push my glasses up that like you play Dungeons and Dragons or play something else. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but I will say that Simba Room does offer like one of the best sort of like bridges between those two games that uh, mm-hmm. you can probably get to because like it is a combat focused game or at least like a danger focused game. So a lot of those rules from D&D 5th edition do really translate well. Yeah. Um, and also like, They've adapted in such a way that they just try to take the rule set and port it over. They've kept a lot of the world building and a lot of the sort of like concepts and themes, which is like a big sort of like anti-colonial themes of like, here's what happens whenever people show up and think that they have a right to sort of just claim a place and start extracting as many resources from it as possible in the name of survival. But do the means justify the ends? And in this game, no, because it just makes you erupt with corruption and do a whole bunch of other bad stuff yeah mm, it's eruption of corruption mm. eruption of corruption yeah that's my uh garage prog rock band um but it's it's it was genuinely a lot of fun and i think that if you are someone who plays a lot of D fifth edition or looking for like a branch out into something this is going to be a game that like gives you a different world and feels like a different experience without you having to learn a whole lot of other new rules. Like mm. it's not, you're, you're not going to have to read a 200 page book and be like, all right, I guess I'll just learn a different way to roll dice and then have to play this. Cause I can understand that's a big mental load for some folks, especially if you just are sort of someone who plays a lot of D and D this mm. is a really nice bridge between those two games and could give you perspective on something new. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm- I think it, interesting when there are certain settings that then get like their own 5e versions and stuff and i'm like mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't quite feel like it works because they're just mm-hmm. like let's just take this thing and then pop it in the 5e and just i don't know i'm someone who's like systems should be really tied to their themes or the, the things they're trying to do rather than just slapping whatever on yeah but this seems to work for you chase largely yeah there are some like parts where it doesn't like you can sort of see the stitching a little more than i'd like Mm -hmm. um specifically like around the magic system which in simba room everyone can do magic but it comes at a cost and then some people are just a little bit better at handling that cost than others but it should be a uh it should be something there that like tempts all players to take access or to access it but following sort of like the like the classes in the D&D milieu, they have kind of locked magic behind like class options. So you have to choose certain classes in order to use magic. And I think that like, that definitely like mm, takes some of that danger away. Like I really like it that it's just sort of this pervasive threat, this constant temptation for anyone who goes out. Like you're supposed to like get out into this, get way in over your head and be like, if I only took some of this little dark magic and just did a little bit, mm. I get out of this and then yeah. come away with like big pustules on you or two big horns coming out of your I head. Know. And then you, I go don't... Back to, you come back to civilization. Everyone's like, yeah, no, you don't get to come yeah. in here. You've done been marked, buddy. Yeah. Rude. I don't see what the problem of the big yeah, horns really is, don't. really. I think that's a plus, personally. An amazing but... fashion accessory. Love that. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a bit like Fable. <laughs> fables morality system where it's like oh you've done a bad thing now you've got big horns and you eyes you kick too stuff. many chickens you kick it kind of reminds me a little bit of like blood magic from dragon age like that mm-hmm. works similarly where it's like oh the temptation to use blood magic because it's like strong 
etc or people get driven to it through desperation and stuff and then bad stuff happens to them or people like oh no you're a bad person when all yes it's a classic fantasy taboo to be like here's this magic it's very good you you will be very powerful but then mm. everybody will hate you mm. it's like divinity is similar as well right with like source and sorcerers basically the same thing yeah <laughs> they just spell sorcerers differently <laughs> they spell it s-a-u-c-e mm. yeah. yeah yeah they're baristas they just Barista. their magic just serves I mean. tea and coffee mm uh have you been playing anything else chase yeah i've been playing a few other things i'll run through quickly uh had a little board game night the other week and we mm -hmm. played uh we played spirit island because the group really likes spirit island and it's oh, I still just haven't played that i want to play it really no it's on Wait, the list have we done spirit island for like one of the i haven't played videos before no but i i don't know whether we're still doing those so um oh. well we'll find we, out <laughs> we need to Alex, we need to play Spirit Island. Sometimes. Yeah, I want to play Spirit I'm... Island, like definitely, just even if not for work, just for my own yeah. benefit, because everyone's like, it's so good. And I'm like, it sounds amazing, but yeah. I just don't know anyone who has a copy. I haven't really, don't really know anyone who's been like reached out to me and said, we should play Spirit Island. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about games that do a really good job of like tying themes to systems, mm. Spirit Island is one of those games that do, does it very well. Um, it's just really tight uh, design. It is extremely difficult, but not in a way that like feels punishing because it's, co it's a cooperative game. Like it feels like you and the rest of whoever you're playing with like really need to buckle down and like make good decisions. Mm -hmm. And like all of your little decisions like will cause ramifications. Like you're supposed to, the whole concept for those who haven't played is like you are the uh, like the sort of guardian spirits of this island of indigenous people and settlers are coming in. It's sort of, they're like, <clears throat> primed after like sort of like Spanish conquistador era uh, invaders and co colonizers. And you use your powers and abilities via these cars to like toss them back in the ocean, essentially wipe them out or scare them so much that they just like raise stakes and get the hell out of there. Like that is, that is your two options. And um, it's a lot of fun. So like every spirit has sort of a different approach and you need to work together and use your abilities and sort of like concert in order to handle the, the the sort of like increasing wave of uh, invaders that will sort of populate across the island every turn um and so if you make a wrong move you will see that sort of like cascade across the island and you have to like switch your focus to like deal with these problems that you maybe just sort of like ah that's that's not a big deal it's just one or two guys over there and then a turn later it's three cities and seven guys and you're like i should not have ignored that mm. um but it's not it is not so much that it you feel overwhelmed like it always feels like you have just if you if you think it out if you look at all your resources and look at all your moves there is a way to like use mm -hmm. everything and solve that problem you never feel like completely overwhelmed it's that classic thing of like that a lot of cult games have where it's like the balance between like managing like threats or potential problems with like trying to push yourself closer to a goal like mm -hmm. it's the same with pandemic has like something similar where it's like oh we have to make sure that these cubes don't spread too far but also we have to you know try and push ourselves closer towards the goal so we can actually finish the game but right. um great co-op games often follow that that kind of like system where mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's like, oh, we have to think about what we want to do next. What are our priorities? And sometimes 
is there like an RNG thing in the game where it's like, oh, there might be this many settlers that appear on these spaces? No, yeah, you, well, so the way it works is like there's like a deck of cards and it goes across three spaces. So you'll flip over and it'll say like, okay, in these, in these zones. So like the, the whole map is split into like forest, wetlands, deserts, and mountains. And so the card might say, like, uh, when you flip it over, at first they explore, which means they show up. And so invaders might show up in the mountain region. In later stages of the game, it goes into two. So each card might have, like, they show up in mountains and wetlands, which can get more difficult as it goes later mm -hmm. in the game. But first they arrive, and then just little settlers arrive. And then they build, which means they construct cities or towns. And if there's already a town there, they construct a city. And those get those get increasingly more difficult to pull off the board. So the longer you let someone sit there, the more difficult it is to remove them. Okay. And then in the last phase, so um, first they build, or first they arrive, then they build, and then the turn after they build, that same those same regions will ravage, which means they do damage to the land, and you will gain corruption if you don't try to block that damage or get them off the board before they do that. And too much corruption is one of the fail states of the game. Um, they remind me of the Woodland Alliance from Root, because if you just don't do anything about them, they mm -hmm. will. <laughs> and it's disgusting. Yeah, it's sort of the Woodland Alliance on the other end of the moral of spectrum. The moral right? spectrum, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Or it's like, these are the bad guys. Yeah. Um, the Woodland Discordance or something. Mm, um, yeah, it sounds really good. I really want to play Spirit Island. It's, I've got a list of games I want to play that I've never like never played before, and Spirit Island is definitely like on that list. You um, need to go to a boarding game cafe again. Chase, make your way over. Yeah, thank you. Chase, get over here. In the meantime, voice. Yeah, 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 I'll grab a ticket real quick. And in the meantime, folks can read a list about board game cafes on the website right Alex? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, look at you. very nice, very nice. Mm -hmm. you've yeah. learned from the best yes chase there is there is a list of uh the best well some of the best because um uh i can't include every single board game cafe in the country on there why <laughs> not alex mian email alex if you if she did not include one on your list and tell her in strong language that she Please. was wrong for not including you on her list. Old red font. Tell um, her what. Hit that, hit that caps locks key and don't hit it again until you're done with your email. Mm -mm. It's stuck. Uh, yeah, no, we um, uh, we put up a list of the best board game cafes in the UK. Um, uh, we tried to basically do like breadth. So we wanted to try and like cover as much of the country as possible which is why there is only one London entry and not mm -hmm. several, even though there are several board game cafes in London. Um, we, oh, I see yeah. you included Chance Encounters Bristol and not Chance Encounters Cardiff. I see, Alex. Mayer. There is a Welsh one on there. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I just need to send a quick email real quick. Don't mind. Yeah, hang on. You stupid. Um, <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah. So if you, you know, like, oh, I want to go for a trip around the UK or you're like, oh, I wonder if there's any good board games near me. If you uh, have any suggestions, uh, we have put a Twitter, a tweet out uh, asking for those uh, at join Dice Breaker. Yes, thank you, Liv. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can put your lovely suggestions in there, and you never know, we might do more of this kind of content if people want it. 
Um, but yeah, no. Um, have you played anything else, Che? Just one last one real quick. Uh, Railroad Inc., part of the same boarding. I introduced my mm. friends to Railroad Inc., which is a very good game. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly fun. Takes about 30 minutes to play. Uh, mm. And like the physical version, it is on like Board Game Arena, and the Board Game Arena version is pretty good too. It's fine, yeah. I think we played. Did we play? We yep. played it together. Yeah, I think we played it with Matt and Maddie one time, and Matt yes. absolutely schooled us. Yeah, but it's also uh, it's also Mr. an app. Train. Oh, there is an app. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. I haven't tried that. Have you tried the app, Liv? Yeah, the app's pretty good. We played it on the channel a little while back. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's really cute. Um, like the animations are super wholesome. Like when the um when you get your new set of dice for the round, like a little train will be like ch -ch 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 across oh, the bottom and, like, and they like float in and oh, yeah, it's great. very cute. Love very that. Cute. I'll need to make uh, my own train noises next time. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think like all of us have played like some form of Railroad Inc. now, like it's spread across mm. the entire team. Um, yeah, it, Railroad Inc. is really good and cute. And also we got these little pins from Horrible Horrible games that are like Horrible Guild? Railroad. Guild. Yeah. Horrible Guild. Yeah. With these little railroad ink pins and they're really cute. And they're like themed after the different colored versions that they did. Yeah. It's like the blue one, the orange one, the red one. But um, yeah. And then you can buy the little dice, the little, little dice is like expansions that add mm -hmm. new mechanics to the game. But it, no. it's a cool way to do expansions. You just like two new dice and there's a mechanic yeah. tied to them. I think that's, that's a really fun way just to wrinkle up the system. Yeah. Cool. Um, one thing that Chase and I play together mm -hmm. uh, is arcs, conflict, and singing in the void. Uh, oh, you played an it. Another Ooh. C word. <laughs> yeah, another C, not that C word. Uh, um, conflict no. and chase in the void. Yeah. Uh, it's not that. That's just my it's name. Not Chase. No. I mean, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> It's something like that. Um, it's, it's it's widely just known as ARCs. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the newest game from uh, Loader Games and Cole Verley, who created Root, Oaths, Axamere, Second Edition, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the Kickstarter for it has finished, I think. Yeah. Like very recently. Uh, uh, but there is a tabletop simulator version. Uh, caveat: tabletop simulator has done some dodgy stuff in the past. Yeah. Uh, don't it's love that. Uh, but at the moment, it's the only way to really play it digitally. Hate that. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, Chase, Matt, and I played uh, Arcs this week. Uh, finally together. And one thing that we did want to know is the fact that um, as later games kind of like and Whirly kind of stated is the fact that um, the campaign mode that was, I don't know if it was originally meant to be included in the game. My understanding is, yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 Um, has been separated into a expansion. So it's not part of the core experience. Um, and when I initially spoke to Cole Verley in an interview that you can read on the website right now, um, I had the impression that the, the arcs was going to be a game with like narrative was going to be an important aspect of it. So when I spoke to Cole Verley at that point, 
he told me about the fact that you know a full game of arcs is technically split into three different sessions um and over those sessions the galaxy that you are playing in because it's a sci-fi game will be altered by some of the things that you choose to do in you know the previous session in the game there was also like an indication of you know you could make choices that can fundamentally like change what you could do and also you'd start the game with like objectives that also kind of framed who you were in this galaxy so it kind of came the the thought that i had from it was you know, this is a game where it feels like you're kind of shaping this galaxy and then telling a story of sorts. Now, obviously, like in a game like Root, for example, you kind of tell your own stories through what you decide to do, your interactions with other players, but there's no like, there's not really like this thing happened and now this is what the consequences of that are going to be. There's like none of that. Um, we played arcs this week uh without sans the campaign stuff i don't think and any of the campaign stuff is like on tabletop sim it's just the base version it's just the base version and like all the mechanics that really described in the interview are all there uh but none of the narrative campaign stuff mm. and um my personal reaction to it is this is fine like like the mechanics of it are you know it was described as being simple like simpler than like for example o for root and it is pretty yeah. straightforward like there is there is a bit to initially learn uh but it's mostly just like uh terminology and um specifics about the way that each round works they use the term hands and rounds very strangely in the rule book that's one criticism we had where it's like it sounds it seems like hand should be round yeah and not hand um because every round is basically made up of whenever you run out of cards um and then it should be turns within a round because that's the general terminology that most people use uh but yeah in this game you're kind of a nondescript color <laughs> you're, you're like red blue whatever you don't really have a identity in the game you're not factions it's not like fruit where you're asymmetric you will all start with roughly the same stuff you will work kind of the same way um and the goal of the game is to get points by achieving objectives so there are objectives laid out for everyone to see that you score every round and these are decided by these cards that are randomly drawn uh, and you also have a private objective that stays within your hand and then you reveal it once you've completed it. Um, again, when I spoke to Cole um, in our interview, kind of made it seem like those private objectives would be, there was an emphasis placed on them and a sense of like, this is who you are in the game, this is kind of what drives you. And my objective didn't really feel like that. It was very much like a, this is something that you can do in the game to just get some extra points yeah. like the way that the game works is uh, everyone simultaneously chooses a card to play and the cards are made of different suits which also kind of determines what actions you can do with them um there is a person who is the lead player who plays their card first 
and the cards have like as well as suits numbers on them kind of like playing card and um the number that you play will determine if you're following so if you're not leading it will determine what you can kind of do and how things end up so um each card also has these little pips on them which basically say this is how many actions that you could perform but the actions have to be the ones listed on the card so the kind of actions that you can perform are like you can build something you can move uh, and you can do some other slightly more complicated things but um once the lead player is gone the other players can either choose to follow which is play a card of that suit that is higher than the one that they played uh or they copy which is play a card face down uh, and just do one of the actions that the lead player chose or they can pivot which is play any card that they want uh, but they can only do one action on that card um if you play a card of a higher number than the lead and anyone else of the same suit then you get to take the initiative which is basically you get to go first next time mm -hmm. um so that i would say the most engaging aspect of the game is like the card system and how turn order works and you know how you can choose between like do i want to do more actions or do i want to maintain my my lead because obviously leading means you get to go before other people and therefore anticipate their moves there is combat in the game so you can initiate fights with people which are decided by like dice rolls and the number of ships that you have to use um, movement works the same as route where it's like you need control of either the place you're moving out of or the place you're moving into um and there is like area control aspects of it you can build stuff so it's not like there it's lacking in stuff it's more like mechanically speaking it's 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 fine um and i feel i get the sense that the campaign parts that are not in the game are the things that were meant to make it special like mm -hmm. meant to make it like this is more than just what it is right now which is a fine game that's kind of engaging but like I guess we're biased because we're like, oh, well, he makes amazing games. Like they're, they're either, they're usually really mechanically compelling, thematically like compelling or both a lot of the time. Um, this one, it kind of feels like, yeah, it's kind of a bit disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Ian. I, I think that the fact that they're going to separate the, out these games means that the basic version, which is going to retail, I think Cole said like something around like you know like what a what an hour to hour and a half long board game like normal mm. bo box size board game like sixty dollars like US 40, 40 pounds maybe yeah yeah. yeah and I think that game is going to be pretty good. I think it is mechanically competent enough that you're going to get a lot out of it, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's really it. And I think it is going to be the larger box that probably sells for like, you know, 110, like oath size, or like it's going to be like an oath size and oath priced game, for what I understand. That's going to be the one that, like, yeah, I agree with me and that like the campaign stuff is going to inform all of your actions. It's going to give every sort of thing that you do a thematic or narrative weight to it that like is just missing from this box. And like, yeah, I, I understand the inclination to like give to just put out like a a normal size game because like the last two games that 
Cole Worley has put out through well, leaders Oaf, have been larger. Oaf is, yeah, Oaf was huge. Yeah. But from, I don't, again, I don't know the numbers. I don't have access to, you know, like later games, financial records or all their numbers or whatever. But I got the impression that obviously Oaf, I can't imagine Oaf did root numbers, but like number one root's been out for a lot longer. It's had yeah. time to build steam. It's still really popular. It's it's gotten a name for itself, but I I didn't get the impression. I mean, I heard people like talking about it, like it wasn't just dumped and then. And it also had root to help it, like you know, sell copies. And then yep. I got and and it being like a big game, it's like oh, people are like well, you know, roots obviously roots like not huge, but like it's still it's not like a tiny little game. There's there's a there's a lot there, especially with um, expansions, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and having played Oath, like I, I'm not as big a fan as Oath as like Matt Jarvis is, but I've not played Oath as much as him. But I, I found it really good. Like the, when I was playing it, I was like, no, this is a Cole Verley game. Like I can see there, there was something special about it, which was like the legacy quote aspect of it. Even though it's not technically a legacy game, it's like, oh, you, you know what you do in this Pick game. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You. Well, the next game you play will be informed by mm. the things that happened in the previous game, like the way who is it, who is in what roles, like yeah. how how the, the 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 kingdom works. Like if people have been exiled, they'll work differently. Like the, mm. the as as often the case, the mechanics kind of informed the story and the the, the thematic elements. And even playing like Pax Mir Second Edition, which is not a game that I was familiar with, I was like, yeah, no, like I can. This again is giving that feeling of this is special. This is something mm. like unique. This is something that I'm gonna think about like after I played it. Whereas Arcs, like all I can think about it right now is like that was fun, but and and it was like easy to learn, like which I think is is not a bad thing. It's oh, not that's like, a selling I'm, point like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's not kind of like Cole can only make games that are super complex and difficult to learn. Um, I don't think the simplicity is the problem. For me, it's more like it feels like it's lacking a soul. Does that make sense? Like it's, you. Yeah, you can see the areas where they chopped off the rest of the game, right? I mean, because Alex, you've talked about this, like all those games that you mentioned, like you can just feel that they're like a Whirly game and like a leader yeah. game that he's worked on. This one feels like a game he worked on and is just missing that bit. It just it's feels missing. That, you, you can see the areas where the scissors cut that part of the game off. And I wonder whether it, again, we can't confirm it. We've not played the campaign expansion, whatever. I wonder whether the campaign bits is that missing piece because i don't know when i was talking to early he was really excited about the game and you know he was talking particularly excited about the narrative elements of it and when we were playing you know we didn't play a complete game but you know we got a decent way through like two and when hours we were playing later. we just didn't see any of that it was like the mm -hmm. it was quite dry like you know it's still got kyle ferrin's artwork you know it's mm -hmm. it's still got that kind of character to it but like aside mm -hmm. from that it was really yeah, like it's stylized I, the same way from what i've seen yeah yeah and i don't think it was the fact that we were playing the digital version that's a problem because i i played root digital way more time and that's actually how i got into the game um i think it's just like there's it feels it genuinely feels like incomplete. It feels like these narrative aspects that are supposed to be like 
you know driving your your purpose beyond yeah. just like we're going to fulfill these objectives like oh oh well like that happened like now the galaxy is different like i i'm the, i'm this kind of person whatever it is like yeah it's, i truly wonder how it's going to come across to someone who might not have ever played a co-worldly joint because they are maybe out of their price range and they use arcs as like their sort of first leader game experience mm -hmm. i don't i wonder if it's still going to feel that way or if it's just us sort of like being precious with uh co-worldly's like previous designs you know i don't know because i, I don't I'm, know the that's thing very is it's difficult not bad. to think about it in that way yeah. like it's not bad i mean like games don't have to be complicated to be good like some of my favorite games are so simple mm -hmm. like like you know like we were talking the other day about point salad like point salad is such a basic ass game where it's like literally a point salad game in the fact that you're set collecting cards and everything but like when i was like oh it, i've got it i've got it at home <laughs> we were like oh we could play it in the office like we were all generally a little bit like oh <laughs> we want to play point salad because points out is great. Mm -hmm. Same with like cockroach poker or like fox in the yes. forest or Jaipur or like yeah. you know, these are games that I think about like you know, mm. plenty. Um yeah, the concept may be simple, but the gameplay is strong still. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. like Fort from Leader Games. Like I love that game. I love the heck out of it. Like that is a, a, a deck building game that is like fairly straightforward. And like, I really enjoyed it. I just think that the difference here is the fact that it arcs feels like it should be more than it is because you're like, well, I, I mechanically it, it works and it's kind of, it's intended, you know, it's entertaining. And there is like some element, there is elements of player interaction and, and there's some fun mechanics there, but like, you know, I've played games like that as well. And I'm like, well, that was fun. Like, like a hundred other Euro games that are exactly like that. And you know, those aren't the ones that I'm like, let's play that again. You know, yeah. the ones that I want to play again are the ones that I'm like, wow, that was really that was like something I'm hungry for that. Like, I want to have that experience again. So, yeah, I think just Matt uh, Matt Jarvis obviously isn't here I don't I don't want to put words in his mouth but I got we got the similar kind of vibes from him of like yeah. and that's interesting because Matt Jarvis is like a big Cole Worthy fan right like yeah he's a he's a massive fan yeah, yeah he's a Cole apologist <laughs> if we ever have to cancel Cole Worthy Matt's gonna have to just like you know <laughs> He's going to be clutching at so many pearls. Yeah, he really is. Um, so yeah, I think all three of us kind of came away from it being like, "Well, that was that was game." Yeah, I'm op I'm open to it, like changing my mind yeah. as we play more. But like, I yeah, I'm just very interested to see how that full game plays. Yeah, I again, it's like the case of. So this was I've just only... a preview or something, was it? Or it's I don't 100 percent know. I'm pretty sure this is going to be the experience that is boxed up for 40 pounds, 60 dollars, and is sold yeah. as its own experience. Ooh, and then okay. like the, yeah. the complete the campaign arcs experience is going to be mm. sold at a, a different price. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, has, box. Yeah, he said like specifically when they made that decision that he does kind of want arcs to be a, a more approachable game for folks who maybe didn't pick up root and looked at the price of oath and the size of the box and said my table's not going to be able to do that but mm -hmm. can look at arcs and be like 
this is this is more reasonable like i can convince two to three people to play this game yeah i think i don't think it will and you know what there's there's a part of me that's like you know what it's fine that that exists yeah but but also i'm like later games have released they don't just explicitly released like they just don't they don't just release big old complicated things they've also released like smaller they've they're still releasing smaller games like they're releasing that pirate one that i can't remember what it's called but um like oh my god that's gonna haunt me forever um it's pretty sure it's like coming out this year and that's like a fairly straightforward like game that's just hey you're 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 managing your own ships ahoy right ahoy yeah ahoy which i believe is technically a remake of of another game but um yeah like that that from what i understand it's fairly straightforward it's not like later game don't have accessible games for people mm-hmm. i i kind of was like i'm kind of like let cole be free <laughs> let him <just laughs> un- unleash him unleash well it's the case of like people like his games because they're his game you know yeah, what I mean? totally. you don't need to make not everything needs to appeal to everyone like you know, obviously the money thing is a little bit trickier because not everyone has like a hundred dollars to just dump on something. Yeah. But at the same time, there are a lot of games that do that, and I'm like, I don't give a, a rat's fart about those because usually they're really expensive because they're full of bloody miniatures or something. And then the actual like gameplay itself is very lackluster. But like to me, you pay out like what you get with Oath is that you pay out for like what you get with it you know like that to me is a better investment than any other game that's just full of bloody miniatures and that's why it's so expensive like producing a more a smaller like more affordable version of arcs on the one time i'm like yeah i mean board games are for everyone it's it's it sucks to put like a financial barrier between that but also i'm like it feels like this isn't a complete thing and it feels like you're almost selling someone like something that's just not as good as mm. like a prototype or something yeah yeah like an uh, almost like an early access thing like mm. um and i'm a little bit dodgy with that where i'm like mm. i would rather you s- sell something that was like good <laughs> yeah yeah no, i think that's fair yeah Totally. Yeah. People things that are good. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I don't know. Yeah. Truce is like, not everything needs to appeal to everyone, but think of the profit margins. I mean, yeah, fair enough. But also, mm. it's a tricky thing. Yeah. I mean, because, like I said, like when I was speaking to Cole, I was getting the impression that Root very much, it feels like Root funds a lot of the kind of out there things that that they, mm. they try to do like that's why you know like root is there to kind of do that but maybe root isn't hasn't been doing enough i don't know maybe the, maybe they thought oath was going to be a bigger hit but um yeah maybe we'll give it another go and i'd be interested i'd be really I'd interested like to play the complete hmm. version whatever they're calling it i was quite intrigued by it because i I felt like the closest thing to an rpg i've heard of in 
like board game form that's the impression I got of it so I was quite intrigued by that and yeah. like episodic nature of it yeah. right so so yeah so I would love to give the full thing a shot but basically all the bits that I was excited about on in the game okay <laughs> not like right. all the bits where I was like oh well he's not really done anything like this before but I want to see what it's like like mm. I want to see what it's like when when this designer does this and then they've taken those bits out it seems and like put them in a mm. different fashion and I'm like well maybe this other this version that we played would appeal to some people but like to me it's not what I want but I guess I'm just one person like I'm yeah. not the entire but, audience and also like even if it's a, a bit of a critical miss like this game is still probably going to sell very well yeah it's it's later later usually sell decently but it, yeah. it's it's really like um yeah no uh we'll, we'll watch this space but um i think that's what we've been playing we can do a um, quick well I, I mean i don't know if you went over what you've been playing but uh, unless you think it's all been covered yeah, I, I'm happy with everything. Like, okay. um, I'm also aware of the time, but um, yeah. uh, we're going to do a quick look at the news because there has actually been some interesting news this Ooh. week. Um, if you want to read stuff or, uh, that we've done, you can go over to dicebreaker.com, uh, read all the latest news, features, opinion pieces, lists, like some of the ones that we've mentioned. Uh, Chase and I write on there along with Matt Jarvis and many mm -hmm. of our wonderful contributors. And a story that Matt Jarvis has done this week is about the Magic the Gathering 30th anniversary event. Happy, um, I, I obviously, get, I want to get yep. a video of Usher saying "Happy Birthday, Magic," like he did for <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> I'm sure that could be arranged. Um, yeah, we'll get in contact with Usher. We'll call him up. Obviously, next next year is is the thirtieth anniversary of Magic: The Gathering, the big old trading card game, uh, and there is going to be an event uh, this October, I believe. Is it this year? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in Las Vegas at the end Las of October. Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, the event itself is actually partly organised by Reed Pop, who is the company that owns Dicebreaker. So, um, disclaimer there uh but yeah it, it's basically going to be just a, a big old event being like hey magic so there's going to be a a modern tournament mm -hmm. um uh da, 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 da. i'm just scanning over i did not write this piece so i'm just scanning over magic world championship mm -hmm. 18 are you trying to read roman numerals real quick Oh, not 18 oh, 28 28 oh, oh, okay <laughs> that makes sense there's 30 in it yeah. right yeah. yeah 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 uh there will also be a dedicated command zone plane area yeah for the everyone commander loves commander. format um and there oh, will also be that the commander video that wheels and i did uh is 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 included here yes. um yeah that was bad that was a bad time for me i did not pull any one <laughs> cards the entire the entire live stream and, yeah. and it was basically the whole chat was just kind of like just just kill her just take her down let don't, her go. don't let her suffer yeah uh, well, <laughs> put out her misery shuffle up play again mm -hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> uh, 
Lead designer Mark Rosewater will host you Unfinity events yep. uh, featuring the upcoming unset cards, um, which are usually forbidden from tournament play because they're fuck wild. Yeah, that's gonna be that'll be fun because those cards are designed to sort of break all of Magic's normal traditions in very interesting ways. Uh, and I've seen they've they've previewed some of the Unfinity cards for the upcoming set, and they they are as bonkers as that set normally is. So that should be fun. Yeah. Mm. And of course, various people from the design team and people associated with Magic the Gathering, including Richard Garfield, old Richie G. Oh yeah, will be there um, virtually. Okay, interesting. Uh, as well as some cosplayers. Nice. Uh, day tickets will cost seventy-five dollars, and you or you can get a thirty-pound virtual ticket, which will unlock access to online events. Mm. Uh, People will be pleased to know there will be COVID-19 health and safety guidelines, although they're still being finalized, which is always a term that one needs to be careful about. Um, so yeah, this is like, has there, Chase, have there ever been like a big Magic the Gathering event like this before? They, they did a similar one for Magic 25. I don't remember oh. all the details, but they did do something like this. This this one is going to be, I think, is extra special because it is also, this is the year that Magic has like, Wizards of the Coast started doing live events again. Um, mm. You know, they are part of most every company in the world and uh, pretending that COVID no longer exists and so people mm. can gather again. Uh, so they are sort of pulling out all the stops and yeah. Mm. Yeah, so obviously uh, if you're considering going, um, stay safe, etc. Where else? We might be going, question mark, depends. Big, big might, question mark. I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. And obviously, like, next year with the 30th anniversary, things are going to kick they have off a, there. Yeah, they have a lot more planned, apparently, which details coming soon. Um, mm. I wanted to mention real quick, did y'all know that Richard Garfield designed King of Tokyo? I did. Mm -hmm. He has designed... He's not he's just designed... Ma he's designed some bangers. Yeah. yeah. He's, that dude... That dude made Magic the Gathering and Keyforge and said, I'm not resting on my laurels. Yeah. I've got more Didn't stuff he? to do. Didn't it's he wild. He made Netrunner as well. Yeah, he made Netrunner. Yeah. Netrunner. Uh, he's done Filthy Rich, which apparently people love. It's a game from 98, but people really like that. And it's just a very different game from like Magic or Keyforge or anything. Yeah, Garfield is just the kind of designer that's like, yeah, I'm going to design perhaps the most popular trading card ever game ever made. I'm also mm -hmm. going to design like a several other ones that are really well loved and yep. then i'm also going to design some banging board games as well. <laughs> yeah. i really like that i like that he just sort of keeps he's, he's still working now yeah. like, he's still making he's still making board games at the moment like he didn't just stop keyboard so um yeah am i completely making it up or did he make werewolf or an adaptation of werewolf like one night ultimate werewolf i might be making I that up completely hmm. that, that's that i'm not sure about um yeah. I'm going to look it up and check my facts. Okay. Marlib um, does that. Uh, yeah. We're going to move on to some other news as well. Uh, also, let us know if you're thinking of going to the event. Um, we're interested to see what people's reactions are to that and whether they're interested. Um, no, we didn't. I'm thinking of Ted Al's back. Ignore me. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was that question answered. Uh, Chase, there's this new story that you did about Backerkit launching its own crowdfunding Ooh. platform. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. They're getting into it. Um, yeah, it has a terrible name that I hope that they're thinking of changing. It's it's Backerkit crowdfunding, which is just SEO Bad. poison. 
so yeah. generic. Um, yeah. Like Thunderkid is right there, right? You know? Mm. That's yeah, much that's better. True. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. So uh, for those who don't know, you probably, I mean, if you've, if you've kickstarted, if you've funded anything on Kickstarter in the last several years, you were probably familiar with Backerkit. They designed a lot of the tools that allow for programs uh, uh, to sort of like fulfill, do pledge managers, uh, send you emails to remind you that you still haven't put in your shipping address for that board game that you uh, bought seven months ago. That's mm-hmm. all Backerkit's doing. Um, huh. And so they've sort of rose to fame in providing those tools for Kickstarter and now other Kickstarter uh, sort of equivalents. Uh, they don't do it for GameFound, but they do it for a few other companies. Indiegogo, maybe. Um, I'll need to double check that. But they, yeah, they've announced that they're just like going to do their own crowdfunding program. Mm. It's in beta right now. And they've got a list of, they've got, I think, five currently running projects as a sort of, yeah. of concept. Well, and- uh, technically they've got, They've got active projects uh, with a list of planned campaigns for over 30 more companies from inside the tabletop gaming industry. Um, including yeah. Whirly, Whirly Gig Games, which is called Whirly's own studio, uh, and later games, um, along with Restoration Games, yep. who, who've done like some pretty big games like Return to Dark Tower and stuff. But what are these five, pro- have they, what are these five projects that they've announced so far? Uh, yeah, so they're not all tabletop projects because, um, like, backer kit or backer kit crowdfunding is not going to just be tabletop stuff, though. Okay. Uh, they are going to focus a lot on tabletop uh, board games and RPGs. Um, so, the five currently running projects, I'm going to pull this link up real quick. Uh, we have, um, we have like some dice, Oracle dice from a company called Publishing Goblin. We've got some uh, passport, passport books that look like, um, classic literature like they got some Jane Eyre basically like you know fancy fancy hardcover uh literature books but for your passport mm-hmm. um there's a terrain campaign and then there are oh a couple of them have already ended I guess they did a couple of uh short ones and then there's some for like uh little enamel pins that look like uh slices of pizza oh. um so they're going to be for artwork for tabletop games for a bunch of other stuff but yeah they've got a a huge number of uh, known quantities within the tabletop space mm. that, are, that are going to be launching soon because I think they're looking at early 2023 to like officially launch to like fully come out and mm. be be more open to the public for other projects. And one of those projects that's coming up is uh, something that Matt Jarvis covered called Land of Eam. Eam, yeah. Yeah, mm. um, which is from Exalted Funeral who who have like published like a load of really good tabletop role-playing games mm-hmm. um including oh my god help me the out the chase. Arcs? I mean, the... uh they do they've done a lot like uh i know they did uh they've done like ultraviolet grasslands they've done um i think they do mothership I think... yeah they did mothership i think they ship uh, like, I know, like, the thing is, I know the name Exalted Funeral really well, but I can't. Now mm-hmm. I'm, my brain has just gone blank as to, like, what they put out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I know one, but I'm like, it's definitely wrong. Do <laughs> they look, do they have a hand in Monster Hearts 2? Do they, they have a hand um, in that? You might be right, actually. I think they did do Monster Hearts, yeah. yeah. Um, basically, they've done some really good tabletop role-playing games, and this is, like, a do one uh, from them that's, like, as Matt's described it, uh, the Muppets with Lord of the Rings, which is uh, what a combo. Yeah, it's um, a good sell. Yeah. Um, it looks really cute. 
uh, yeah, it's going to have its own system. Um, that's sort of like, you know, it's, it's all like dice based stuff, but it's going to be its own sort of like new system of rules that you're going to use for it. And, uh, I think it is like, it's going to be like sort of whimsical dark fantasy, right? Mm. Like that's sort of like, that's sort of like Jim Henson-esque, like it is colorful, but there's a little bit of a, a creepy undertone to a lot of the designs and like stuff. Like over the garden wall sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, something very close to over the garden wall and adventure time sort of like just uncanny enough to be yeah. spooky sometimes, but largely not fully leaning into horror. Mm. So I think that's exciting. It's good to see other crowdfunding platforms pop up, especially when Kickstarter has are doing crypto rubbish um yeah i mean people love backer kit they've got a really good customer service like as far as i know folks have very little bad, bad to say about backer kit so i'm wondering if like they're going to have the similar reception to this crowdfunding i'd, I'd be interested to see how popular it is they i will yeah. say the projects they sort of announced and the names they've got like they're also going to have they're going to uh, Cephala Fair Games, which does Gloomhaven yeah. and Frosthaven. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Childress is going to launch a campaign next year for a full line of miniatures for Gloomhaven and Frosthaven. Like every game, you're going to be able to buy miniatures for all that instead of using the paper cutout standees that normally come in the box. Mm. And you're also going to get a second print run of Frosthaven on there. So if you miss the first run, you'll be able to pick it up uh, on Backer Kit next year. It's, mm. it's good to have competitors to Kickstarter. We've, totally. we've had Game Found. Um, now, like, hopefully, a next big one is going to be the back of kit crowdfunding. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm interested to see how it shakes up the the, uh, the mm. playing field. If you want to read more Dicebreaker mm. stuff, you can go over to dicebreaker.com right now. You can read that list that we mentioned earlier. I did a lovely little op-ed about. Uh, mm -hmm. Stormlight Archive, which is a series of uh, fantasy novels and how they would be really good for a tabletop role-playing game. Um, there is a feature about Yu-Gi-Oh! Dimension Force. Mm. Uh, so if you're into Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game, then you can uh, read that. Um, and yeah, there's also a feature about the Pot of Greed, which is also a Yu-Gi-Oh! thing. So... It's all about Yu-Gi-Oh, really, at the moment. It's really a lovely is. thing. You know, Can just I, like... um, make a, a cheeky little correction? Because <laughs> my brain ties things together if they have similar themes. Exalt at the Funeral has nothing to do with Monster Hearts 2. Oh. Uh, I was thinking of Buried Without Ceremony. <laughs> there you go. Like, oh, buried yeah. Funeral. Oh, yeah, okay. Avery Alder's company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. Um, but yeah, um, go to yeah. the site. Just click around a little bit. You don't even have to read stuff. Just click on links that you see. <laughs> Just, just, just spend 30 We're going minutes. Down just, a, park, a dark path. No, just click that. around the site. I don't know. Check it out. Um, we we do have a quick little segment for this week's episode. Um, there is a. I covered some news this week about a Monopoly summer camp, uh, which is designed to teach kids about money and about handling money and um various things like that which i think is hilarious considering that monopoly is basically a game that's like hey you can bankrupt other people that's what you want to do you want to like be basically uh, yeah. as greedy as possible mm -hmm. and they're like we're gonna learn we're gonna teach you how to learn to manage your money and uh, economics and things like that i'm like oh kids love that stuff um so um i figured it might be fun 
for us to do a little segment about what would be our dream tabletop summer camp. So explain this to me in more detail, please, Alex Mian. So, yeah, explain it to me. <laughs> what, what, what kind of thing? So, like, <laughs> you would go to a summer camp yes. for, like, maybe a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like two weeks or, or a month or whatever um, and like the whole summer camp would be themed and focused around like that thing so it doesn't need to be like one particular game it could be like camp a grizzly. collection of games camp grizzly that's your answer <laughs> i like the chase <laughs> okay. uh, this one and then also the, the other chase <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is that genuinely your answer? No, I'll think of something. You go. <laughs> it could be your answer if you want. I don't know if you're being. I serious. mean, like, I, I okay, but here's the thing. Um, <laughs> this sounds like the setting for an actual horror film, um, which is they you go away to a summer camp that is mm. like, oh wow, yeah, at some point during the summer, a scary man's gonna yeah. come out and be like, oh, he's gonna chase you it's a camp grizzly thing. Yeah, and then and then um. And then it turns out, like, the the, the actor who was yeah. playing the killer has been murdered by the actual killer. And then they take their place. And then it's like, oh, no, this is real now. And it's really what, stressful and sad. What you're imagining <laughs> a, a horrible scenario where yeah. you find yourself at a summer camp yeah. uh, being hunted by a murderer. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much not quite what I was having what... in mind. It, like everyone's always like, "Hey, Liv, do you have any ideas?" And I'm default back to like, "Murderer chase around." Um, <laughs> does murderer have knife? <laughs> Scary. <laughs> I mean, along these lines, what? Okay, what if? What if? It was that, but the murderer actually wasn't killing people. It was just a pretend chase. Well, that's the thing, me, and that was the original idea. But no, then... no, but like, no. what if it it tied in the story of like, oh, they've killed the real actor. This person's gonna kill us. But then, then it's just an endless cycle of oh, but actually, the actor that was meant to be playing the actor, <laughs> wait, wait, the the actor was meant to be wait. But I've actor... <laughs> I've asked I've asked you to come up with your dream summer camp, not yeah, this something might still be it. I don't know. <laughs> Something that you want to happen, not like, oh no, this could happen. She's still like, yeah, this is it. This is it. I love it. I don't understand the problem. Yeah, I've told you my answer. Um, Okay. uh, Told you my answer. Don't sort the problem in. Okay. Well, what if um because all my favorite board games are horror based well that's fine what we can we can pretend horror they don't actually have to happen but that's the thing me and Nick, once again is that you don't think that it's real but then it's a horror trope that it actually is real it's so the perfect opportunity to actually nice get thing. away with murder mm-hmm. i feel yeah. like we're just going around it <laughs> <laughs> i can't convince you that like this you can have a fun time <laughs> No, no one can ever. You've got to drive it straight into like actual. Oh no! Ah. We're trying to tell you a fun time is being constantly anxious that this is a real murder that's happened. Yeah, because it's like um, that is my state of being anyway. Like constantly anxious, but this time maybe I'm the final girl. You know, like Mm. yeah. Okay, Chase. What kind of thing would you like to see? (laughs) All right. Um. Everyone makes their own dice, but you get a hatchet for the week, and you have to go find the perfect piece of wood 
and okay. chop it down and then whittle your own set of dice. This is okay. That's really good, but also you I mentioned Ash, and I was like, is this a part of my idea? Or <laughs> Live! Yes, Hatchet. Carry on. Um, but also, like, I mean, an actual summer camp would be the perfect opportunity to play a bunch of those, like, really uh, thematic games that normally take place around campfires. Like, I'm thinking, like, how good would 10 candles be played around a campfire mm. at midnight? Or, like, Dread, or uh, you could even do uh, Sleepaway, um, J-Dragon Sleepaway. Sleepaway is very thematically appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, I just want to play a bunch of, like, like one session RPGs around a genuine literal campfire in the middle of the woods. And I'd be spooked yeah. out and it'd be awful and frightening, but very fun. Mm. <laughs> Great. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, some people's suggestions have been uh, Forgotten Waters pirate themed camp. Mm. Uh, Andy Horton said that. And they also said Baron Park summer camp. Can you imagine? I'm like actual beds. Like, but then they're not gonna hurt you. <laughs> um, I've also, I think I've previously suggested in um a segment of ours because I have a one-track mind. I was like, what if I get to go away to like um a tiny little like camp that's like a village, and then we're all villagers, and then there's a werewolf that comes out every night, and the werewolf <laughs> takes. What people. does the werewolf do, Liz? The, what do you think the werewolf does, man? <laughs> what does he do? What do you think? What do you think the werewolf does? I mean, going by what you said previously, the werewolf actually eats people, right? <laughs> no, here's the thing, me and no, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Is that you can't look, you can't have like a werewolf actor who gets eaten by an actual werewolf. I'm within the realm of reality enough to know that werewolves don't exist. Okay. So, <laughs> so this would be a better alternative. So it's just the person dressed as a werewolf. Yeah, it's just the person dressed as a werewolf. They come okay. along, they're like, Rrr. and then Rrr. give okay. you like a furry hug. A and furry then, hug. Yeah, a furry yeah. yeah. Not a furry hug, a furry a furry hug. Okay. And then they take you away and then you get to go sit in the in the waiting room <laughs> or whatever. Uh and then the rest of us get get up in the morning and mm -hmm. we discuss like oh, who died. Mm -hmm. Okay. That yes. sounds wholesome. Right? I actually am really into this because there's a summer camp that I went to whenever I was like in middle school, like 10 to 13, something like that. And in the middle of the night, the like the counselors would like lead us on midnight hunts to the mess hall and we'd go raid the pantry for like snacks and stuff like that. Oh, so but they set it all up like they were not supposed to do that. They're like, we're oh, the cool counselors, so we're going to let y'all do this. And they actually like head us through the camp and they were like, hold on, there's a night patrol. Y'all stay right here. Stay very quiet. I'm going to oh. go distract them. Like, Thinking back, it's like, absolutely, it was all set up and everyone got to do it. But I think like, if you did that, but do it like a tabletop, like, especially like yeah. one night werewolf themed, like yeah. that would just be incredibly fun. You could like, absolutely lead me on a, on a, a completely set up, like, excursion and being like a cool kid right, even now, with mm -hmm. this information <laughs> yes. that you presented to me right now, and I would still be like, oh my God, yeah. I'm a cool kid. Love it. Yeah, my 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 buy-in, my suspension of disbelief is just ready. I'm completely yeah. ready to buy in wholly. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm look, it's a it's a camp getaway. I am willing to tell believe anything you tell me. Within reason. Yeah. Um Kirsty says obsession summer camp, just a Regency Victorian reenactment. <laughs> What's obsession? I'm not familiar with obsession. I've never heard really? of this. 
this a, is this a thing? Live, re our research correspondent, please, Hello. please look up what this is. An RPG. It's an RPG. I said, is it an RPG? <laughs> uh, uh, while we were searching that, um, yeah, Mean, what about you? What about you? I don't think you've <laughs> offered anything yet. Well, Kirsty also said quacks where you make weird potions. <laughs> I'd be down for that. That's fun. Like, mm -hmm. you, you've all got cauldrons and then you just chuck stuff in there. Hopefully it blows up and it's not actually, like... Hopefully. Know, <laughs> Hopefully this you. is a fire hazard, yeah. Um, or, like, I yeah, I would love to do... I think a social deduction game thing is fun. Obviously, like, it can be worn out quite easily. So maybe not like... Not a, for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not like a whole a whole week or something, but maybe like a day where like you fully do a fully immersed like social deduction thing, like a murder mystery sort of thing where uh, look, all I wanna do is I just wanna wear like an outfit mm -hmm. and a big old dress and a big hat. And I want to speak in like an accent, and well, I just want to do that. Very Pride and Prejudice thing, and I'm sure yes. that there are things we can do around that. So yeah, I want to do that. It'll be good society. Yeah, good society is one of the one of the favored oh, yeah. uh, regency games. We could have just a part of the summer camp where all the regency nerds go and hang out, <laughs> uh, and then the rest of the camp will go and bully them. Yeah, I'll I'll go there. I'll go to the Regency bit, and then everyone else will want to leave because I'm the worst. <laughs> That's so not be like, oh correct. god, we'll be this, in your element. This Duchess is too much. I cannot do <laughs> with her. A nightmare. <laughs> just getting drunk and eating all the volivons. This um, Bon Ton just ain't too Bon anymore. <laughs> Uh, well, there was that um, game that was on Kickstarter that I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it was like I covered it for the site and it was like turn of the century, like high society idiots going on adventures. And now I can't remember what it's called, but I, I love the idea Ellen of it. Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> what are you looking at? I'm just, I'm reacting to what you're saying. Um, Bill and Ted's okay. Rad Regency. Um... <laughs> Uh, Sam Dilk says, Scythe Summer Camp, where you build giant robots. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's next yeah. level. Yeah, one year you make your own dice, the next you whittle your own giant mech. Yeah. Um, Gundam. I mean, I absolutely mentioned this to you before, but there's yeah. a film called Austin Land that you need to watch. It's about you definitely a have told me about this. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's so it's bad, but also really good, and also based around like Jane Austen stuff. Basically, a woman goes through a really bad breakup, and she's like, "I'm gonna go and live in Austin Land <laughs> for a little bit." It's basically the concept we've been talking about, where she goes to like um uh, like a a big Regency house, and mm -hmm. then they have to like dress up and role play as like um like Pride and Prejudice kind of adjacent characters. Yeah. And it's so it's so good. Jennifer Coolidge is in it. That's all you need. <laughs> I don't know who that is. You don't know Jennifer Coolidge? I probably do, but I yeah, just don't do. know she's called that. But um, um Wow. She's still yeah, I mean, from like American Pie. She's like never seen American Pie. You've never seen American Pie. Why are you surprised by this? I mean, I mean I think I feel like a lot of people are surprised <laughs> that you've never seen American Pie. I feel like Why? <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. she's 
okay, what about Legally Blonde? You've seen Legally Blonde, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's, the ben, she's the bend and snap lady from Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm. The one who's getting her hair, like... Yeah. Her Paulette. friend who's... Paulette yeah, Legally Blonde. The one who's who's trying to get the, the, the mailman. Right. Uh, yeah. Andy Horton says, Honey, honey What a snap, bummer. Where everyone dresses up and plans to steal honey. Yeah. I'm down with that. I'm down for pretending to be a bear. I've got I've got an idea that I think Alex, you will like. What about okay. what about a root LARP? It's like life-size chess, that. but it's root. We've instead. spoken about this before. I swear we had a conversation where we were like, we're gonna do a root root LARP. Where... Do I get to be a cat girl? Yeah, you get yes. to be a cat girl. I get to be a bird person. Um and I'll be a um, lizard cultist at like yeah, very happily. <laughs> be a lizard cultist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Matt Jarvis is going to be, I don't know, a little vagabond guy who's just like yeah. hanging he'll, out. He'll be a grimy possum, just a like grimy possum, just scrunching <laughs> in the woods. Jackson returns, but he's a raccoon. So. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then we reenact a game of Rue, where I just beat, beat the hell out of some people dressed as animals. Yeah, you're just gonna huck pine cones at cat at cat yeah. girls. Yeah, yeah, I'll be, and I'll, cause I get to be like a haughty owl. Mm -hmm. And I get to sit up in a tree. I don't know how I'm gonna get up in the tree because I'm not very good at climbing trees. Good luck now. I'll find a way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be up there and be like, "Go away, hoo hoo!" Like throwing <laughs> pine cone sounds. And then, I am like, a sawmill. I'll chop that tree down. <laughs> like two, do two hours later, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> And no one will want to because I've been so rude to them. Wow, this is, right? this, this is just like a board game of root. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just yeah. You're leaning look, into the character by having I'm no just, I'm just getting into the character. I don't actually mean any of these things. <laughs> I'm getting into character when I chop down the tree you're sat in. Oh my like, god. <laughs> is what it is. Somebody is going to get hurt. We're going to set a lot yeah. of fires, absolutely. Well, like, Chase is just squatting over skulls and then, like, I don't know. Yeah, doing little chants and ovulating <laughs> and whatever else with lizards do. Yeah. 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 I sneak in and say, hey, neighbor, have you heard the good word about my skulls? Have you? <laughs> oh, I have. Uh, Nathaniel Lewis said this should be a members video. I, maybe we can convince Matt Jarvis that the health and safety hazards of this are worth doing. I mean, we were already having sort of conversation about it, like because of certain videos that we're planning to do. But yeah, no fly me over. We'll f paint our faces and go yeah. squat in the heat for out for a couple yeah. hours and put it on YouTube. <laughs> we'll find a forest that <laughs> hopefully we won't die. be. We won't have the police called on us because yeah. we're squatting in someone's forest. We'll do it in like a public forest or something. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't tell Matt about this. Like, don't let him catch one. Yeah, he'll no, say no. We we'll Matt be... will never find out about this. Matt, There's don't no watch this part did. of the video. Don't watch. He's yeah, stop watching. He can't. He doesn't know. No, oh, yeah, he's, he doesn't know. He's still in his cardboard box. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's, really, he's so close again now. He's almost <laughs> out. He's, he's almost, almost out. Almost figured it out. Uh, he, like, like lifted, he, like, lifted up the edge of the box, like, a little bit and oh, dropped down. He's sitting there. Oh, it's so like good. that thing, like, when you can't pick a card up off the table. He's, like, trying to get his fingers around it. Come on. Can't do it. Shame. Uh, Nathaniel Levy says, Liv, please make sure to angle the cut on the tree so it falls away from you. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Nathaniel Levy. Yeah, that's just to help you out when you're, yeah, with my, you're with cutting my the, the tree that I'm sat in down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the image of Liv in cat ears, just like 
<laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm up in the tree being like, go away, go away, be gone, like throwing pine cones, and you're like, cut. <laughs> this is my section of the forest. Get and then you, you suddenly just say, oh. <laughs> I stuck in between, and then I'm just like, perfect. I love this. I just fall out of the tree and probably break my leg. Uh, <laughs> Good thing you got wings. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, just fly. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's enough ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, if you have any ideas for a summer camp you would like to go to that's tabletop themed, comment on this video or, or send us an email uh, at, at contact at dicebreaker.com. An email? An email? Yeah. Email! Yay! <laughs> and let us know, like, what you what you would want to do. That's fun. Or even tweet us at Joy Nicebreaker. We love yeah. your interactions. Well, we really do. Also, it would be really cool if you are thinking of commenting. Why not like and subscribe uh, mm -hmm. to Dicebreaker? Uh, like this video and subscribe to Dicebreaker, YouTube.com. Mm. Um, and if you haven't got enough of that i haven't got enough of us no. and we hit the join button right below the video oh and uh join dicebreaker plus where yeah. there may be look we don't know there may be a video of us um doing uh root camp uh, root camp is a good title for it because it's like camp. Root camp. yeah um, oh it is perfect we've got yeah. it now and yeah. then if you join you also get to have a cool little die emoji thing next to your name mm -hmm. uh little... like companion levy and truce have Mm. And it like levels up the longer it that you does. have a membership, and yeah. you I also get access to the crowd. Yeah. yeah, you also get access to some lovely emojis that Nathaniel mm -hmm. Levy's putting in the chat right now. Yeah, um, so all to incorporate um, all of that and more yeah. is available to you. Um, yeah, but apart from that, thank you very much for watching this week's episode of the Dice Raker podcast. I've been your host, Alex Meehan. I have been joined by the wonderful Liv Kennedy. Thanks for having me. Cheers. <laughs> and Chase Carter. Also known as Small Jackman. Small Jackman, yeah. Small Jackman. Um, Mrs. Squelch here. <laughs> the next All thing right. we got to do is flushed away reenactment. The, the late. Copy. The late Mrs. Squelch. Look, if you want to put a, a flushed away RPG, I will yeah. make it happen. Just let us know. Get in touch. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We are here every Friday, 2 p.m. BST. Please join us next week. Uh, but until then, thank you very much. Uh, and uh, have a lovely day. Goodbye. <laughs>